welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Today's episode is sponsored by podcorn.com. If you are a company who has an advertising campaign that you want to start but aren't sure how to do it, then you have to check out podcorn.com. Podcorn's online platform is the easiest way for companies like yours to connect with top shows like mine. It's the perfect place to start your radio or podcasting advertising campaign. For more information, please visit podcorn.com or read more about them in this episode's show notes. I have a great show for you today. I'll remind you that the words you speak to yourself determines your self-esteem. I'll also be interviewing children's author Miriam Laundrie, who reviews her book, The Big Bad Bully, which she co-authored with Jack Canfield, who is best known as the originator and co-author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. Miriam's book teaches children that they are often their own worst bully when they think mean things to themselves. For more information about Miriam, please visit miriamlaundry.com. You may also purchase her book on Amazon or in the previous guest products in both stores at either jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. The words we speak determines our self-esteem. We've all seen those movies of children who are bullied. And as we're watching that movie, we become so angry as we would love to protect those children. Did you realize that we all have what's called a core belief? A core belief is essentially the words that we say to ourselves over and over. And often those are determined from when we're children. If you've ever been upset with yourself or do something that you're really embarrassed about, if you were to stop and really pay attention to what your thoughts are, you may be surprised of what you think. Often, we can say, you're so stupid. What's wrong with you? You always do this. If you pay attention, you may hear the same phrase be said in your mind over and over and over again. The reason why we do that is as children, when we understand our place in the world, we often determine our self-worth based off of a situation that happened. Sometimes it's what people have said to us, and they say it over and over again, and then we believe it. Or perhaps somebody said something one time. Or you had your own thought at one time for one event, and that event had a huge impact on you. And since it had a huge impact on you, every time you feel that same emotion or you experience the same type of thing, you automatically revert back to the first time you felt it. And that's where that phrase was created in your mind or what you were told. The difficulty is, is that as adults, we often don't realize that we do replay those same core beliefs that we experience as children as adults. For example, think of something that you've done within the past couple of weeks that you weren't really proud of. What was your initial thought that you have? Or what was your initial feeling that you have? If you find that that thought or feeling that you said to yourself didn't help the situation, or you found that it just hurt you even more, more than likely you're replaying one of those core beliefs. Going back to the example of watching a movie and a little child being bullied, we don't realize that as adults, we still do that same thing. And our core belief is essentially that bully that tells us over and over and over again that will never amount to anything. The way to overcome that is if you're aware of what those thoughts are and able to catch them, 
that as soon as you hear yourself say that, or as soon as you know that something could be a potential trigger for you, you immediately have to stop and speak aloud. As I've taught you before, using your five senses gets you out of your head. If you hear something over and over and over again, then you're going to believe it. So in other words, if you have a thought that you think over and over and over again, there's nothing to influence it. So when you speak aloud, a different version of yourself or something that you're proud of or something that's affirming, what it does is it slows down those hurtful thoughts that you've said over and over again because you have to listen to what's actually being said aloud. The reason why we have our five senses is it helps us understand if there's danger around us. It helps us understand how close things are. So as you say something aloud, you physically have to listen to what you're saying. And so the more energy you put into focusing on what you're actually saying, you'll find that those thoughts, in other words, those core beliefs, aren't as loud anymore. Now, some of you may say, well, James, I don't really know what to say differently. Well, think of it this way. Someone that's really close to you, what advice would they give you? If they were to hear you say this aloud, what would they say to say, no, that's not true? And as you use the words that they would say, you'll find that now you have a choice. Which thoughts or which external voice do you listen to? Do you repeat the same core belief that you've thought for so many years, which continually brings you back to when you were a child? Or do you interrupt that thought and listen to the words that other people would say? And the more often you listen to that, the more you then start to believe it. Because remember, more than likely, what you believed as a child was not true. The way to refute that is to say, what's the evidence that still proves this? And if there's no evidence, more than likely, what you believed is not true. So today's a wonderful opportunity for you as an adult to reframe what that core belief is, listen to what you say to yourself when you do something that you're not very proud of, and if you find that you use the same phrase over and over again, more than likely, that's a negative core belief that unfortunately, you continue to believe. I have a fantastic interview today with Miriam Laundrie. She has written a wonderful children's book, which talks specifically about this. This helps children stop any negative core belief that they create so they don't carry it into adulthood. So stay tuned. I wanted to take just a quick moment to thank you all who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology. I have been so blessed and honored by your continual support. However, I want to make sure that you don't miss out on anything exciting that's happening over here. So go to jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv and sign up for the free weekly recap. Each week, I will send you an email which has all the latest radio episodes, YouTube episodes, magazine articles, and self-help products specifically for you. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv and sign up for the free weekly recap. My guest today is Miriam Laundrie, who is an award-winning children's author from the Niagara region in Canada and holds a Guinness World Record that she set with her first book in 2014. She's here today to review her latest book, The Big Bad Bully, which she co-authored with Jack Canfield, who is best known as the originator and co-author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. Welcome to my show, Miriam. Hi, James. Thank you for having me. I am looking forward to this. When I was reading your backstory about being from the Niagara region in Canada, I was thinking, oh my gosh, everyone who's been to that area knows that the Canada side's always much better than the American <laughs> side. <laughs> Thank you. I live 15 minutes away, so I always say Niagara Falls, even though really my city is St. Catharines. But of course, everybody knows Niagara exactly. Falls. Exactly. That landmark, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous, like I said, specifically on the Canadian side. Now, you have uh, done so many amazing things. How did you even 
even become an author? Did you know that's what you wanted to do from a little girl? No, absolutely not. I had never really thought about it uh-huh. until, you know, things just happen and evolve. I have four children. Oh, nice. And in um, the day after my fourth child was born, um, my life uh, got a really bad surprise. I want to say we lost my, my niece. She died by suicide. Oh man, I'm so sorry. Thank you. So this really started everything for me. Mm -hmm. I was dealing with a lot, the birth of my son, my niece's passing, and, um, I was spiraling into my own little dark hole. Luckily my husband noticed this and he suggested that I attend Jack Canfield's seminar that he was teaching two weeks from then. So I left my eight week old baby and I went and spent a week in a room full of energized people mm, that were wow. yeah, learning about positivity. And really all of that made me think and made me wonder why we didn't learn these positive things when we were kids, mm-hmm. you know, all, all these great things that Jack was teaching. So it was on the flight back from that trip that I wrote the first draft to my book. I did not know I wanted to be an author. I just knew (laughs) I wanted to go home and teach my children just a little bit of what I had learned. Wow. Well, first off, thank you so much for being transparent about the passing of your niece. I'm so sorry to hear that. It's so interesting and definitely separating between the loss of your your niece, but also when tragedy strikes, usually there, there creates a platform for change, drastic change. And in that, it's wonderful that you were able to connect with Jack through the awareness of your husband to be able to learn these these techniques that you definitely teach to the children as well. Oh, yes. But you know, it's interesting for you to say, you know, why don't we learn this as kids? I, I think about this, uh, just, you know, that, that made me think of me as a little boy. Mm-hmm. My parents were, were fantastic. My family was wonderful. But you're right, you know, with what I do today and what I teach today, that wasn't taught to me in the same, I guess, in the same way. It just wasn't relevant. It just, it didn't make sense. But now the older I get, the more I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I love to teach this to people as well. That's right. And, and I also feel that, that children are dealing with more mm-hmm. nowadays. Certainly. They're dealing with social media, with the comparison game. You know, they're, they're, it, it's a different time for sure. Yeah. But um, so I feel like we need to, treat things a little bit differently. Certainly. We should have more books out there on self-esteem and building yourself up and the importance of your thoughts. And, um, you know, even though it's a different time, we experience so much as children that I feel that now as adults, we're searching for more, we're searching for some answers. um, We want to know more about how our brain works about why we do things. So I think if we're taught younger, that will definitely Mm -hmm. help with the you know, um, I don't want to say fixing yourself, but the... Well, creates a really strong foundation. Yes. Much yeah. different than, like we said, just we had great foundations as kids, but now to have this awakening, this awareness, the understanding of your self-talk and your belief systems, the more awareness you have, the more stronger you're going to be and, and more successful you'll be as an adult. Yes, exactly. Now, transitioning over to your awesome Guinness World Record. Tell us about that. Okay. So that's another thing I never planned on doing, but (laughs) you know, when you, when you associate yourself with people that are thinking bigger, like Uh Jack Canfield, Uh I happened to take a second course with him and he got us to write down our big, hairy, audacious goal, a big breakthrough goal. And during that time I was still dealing with my own thoughts and what had happened with my niece. And I really wanted to make a difference in the lives of children. So I wrote down I wanted to empower 100,000 children to believe in themselves. And he made us write the date. I put a year's 
gave myself a year. And as soon as I wrote that, I I dropped the pen. I got so full of fear. I got so scared. Right. But I mean, you're in a room where people are encouraging. So the next thing Jack said was turn to your left, tell them your goal, turn to your right, share your goal. And I think that just, first of all, neither one of those people laughed at me. So it just powerful. Yes. Yeah. It just gave me a little bit of confidence that, Hey, maybe I can do this. Mm -hmm. And, and empowering a hundred thousand children was a lot of kids. It just forced me to think bigger. How can I reach so many children? And after a couple of weeks of asking myself that question, okay, if I could do it, what would it look like? What would I have to do that? That's when going for a Guinness record came to me. I thought, well, it's got to be something big. So I I decided I was going to go for this Guinness world record. I gave myself um, a year. I worked hard for nine months to get people involved. We we, I planned it during mental health awareness week in Canada. So it was, it was to bring awareness to positive mental health and Mm -hmm. things that we could do. So in May of 2014, I set the record the record that I have is for the largest online book discussion in a 24-hour period. Wow. Basically, it meant that kids in schools all over the country, in 29 different countries actually by the end, were all reading the book. Oh my gosh, Miriam. Yeah, That's amazing. So they were reading the book and then they had to go online and leave a comment. The book is my first book. I can believe in myself. And it's about letting go of the word can't. So kids Mm. would write down now that I read the book, I can ride my bike without training wheels. Right. It was something that they were going to go for. And we, I mean, we both know that whenever you say I can't do something, it stops you, right? You don't have a chance because you're not even going to go for it. So that, that's the idea behind that book. Just switching that little word can't to can and going for it. Congratulations. That's amazing. You know, it's, I love the fact that there's that parallel process. In other words, you, you wrote that big goal for yourself to say, okay, I, I don't think I can, but as soon as you wrote it down, that fear hit you. And then when you spoke it aloud, then that's when the thought system started to change for you to say, well, maybe I can. And so that parallel process of you accomplished your goal. And then not only that, but you helped so many children now change their thought structure of I can't to I can. We have to really live what we preach, right? I know, right? <laughs> I know sometimes I teach things like, oh, darn it. I have to, I have to do that now myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so funny. Now your new book, The Big Bad Bully. How did that book even come about? Oh, okay. So The Big Bad Bully is my fourth book. And what inspires me every time are my children. Uh-huh. Something that they're going through, I feel like, okay, if they're going through that, then other kids their age Certainly. ages are, are going through it. So for The Big Bad Bully, I was, it was one evening, my 12-year-old daughter, my oldest, was standing in front of a full-length mirror saying things like, mommy, why am I so short? Mommy, why is my hair so frizzy? Why do I have so many pimples? And this went on and on. And nothing that I was saying would make her stop, right? I'm going, you're beautiful. Mm -hmm. You're a beautiful person. You're a kind person. I mean, it didn't matter what I was saying. She continued. It wasn't until I went up to her, I grabbed her by the shoulders and I said, stop it. You're bullying yourself. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden she just, she went quiet and I could see that she was processing it because kids know how bad bullying is. I mean, it's, it's, it's so bad, but the thought that she was bullying herself, that was mm. a different thing. It really made her think. So from there, of course, we went into a big discussion about the power of our thoughts and which, and how that affected her. 
so I thought, okay, that night I, I had goosebumps. As soon as we finished our conversation, <laughs> I started writing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> now, if I may ask, how old was she when you, when, when you told her this? She was 12. She's nice. 16 now. Oh, wow. Okay. And from a, a child development standpoint, we know that the age of 11 is where they start to understand abstract thought. And so mm-hmm. the ability to conceptualize what bullying means from an internal standpoint, in other words, our internal self bullying our external self or our thoughts, then I can see how that would resonate with her. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. Yeah. So what would be the synopsis of this book then? So in in the book, The Big Bad Bully, it's a bully story with a twist Mm -hmm. in that we see a young girl that has been bullied all through elementary school. It starts in grade one up until that point in the story. She's in grade six. And this bully is saying things to her like pigtails are for babies. um, Those clothes are for babies. Your hair is so frizzy. Can you put another pimple on that face? You know, we go through that bit of a dark Um, dark time for this girl. And then when she's in grade six, she knows she has to put a stop to it. Mm -hmm. And she gets up and wants to confront her bully. And she goes to meet her in the girl's bathroom at school where she usually sees her. And that's the twist Mm -hmm. in that in the end, she is confronted by herself in the mirror. Wow. So it's, it's the realization that all those negative thoughts, the self judgment, the, all of those yucky thoughts Mm -hmm. is what I think of. Certainly. That, that had been with you since you were so young, it was you that had been saying that to yourself, wow. right? It was, she was the one that had been bullying herself since she was little. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I really like that twist too. I mean, it, like it makes me think of the movie, The Sixth Sense. I don't know if people have seen that. Oh, There's a yeah. huge twist at the very end. You're like, wait, I didn't see that coming. So this is I wonderful. I love the twist. Yeah. <laughs> I know the twist. was great. <laughs> and, and that's, that's exactly it. I wanted it finished just with that. The yeah. book finishes with her looking in the mirror. And I was, uh, I was doing a virtual author visit last week and somebody said, is there a, to be continued in the story? Is there a second mm. book that tells us what else happened? And really that's the part where you have to go inside and think, yes. well, what else happened? Exactly. What, what changes from this point on? Well, that's a beautiful thing as far as the way you write your books is it really creates a discussion. Not only the first book, helping people recognize that they can do something, but I really like how your books allow for parents or for teachers or whomever is, is around the, the child as they're reading to create a dialogue and a discussion for them because I think that's so important because the more kids talk about things that they read, the more it solidifies the comprehension of what it is they've just read. Absolutely. I, I say the big bad bully is a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it certainly with your, is. With your friends, with your teachers, with your parents. I can only imagine how just even the uh, the adults who are part of that discussion, all of a sudden they're like, oh goodness, that's probably what I do too. <laughs> and in that they're For like, what sure. have I been saying about myself today? And so it's, it's a, it's a, it's something, it's a really a global, um, a global concept regardless of the age of when you read it. it- and it is for any age. Like we can really learn so much from kids' books. <laughs> right? Like truly, truly. You know, um, when the book first came out, I had uh, adults tell me, "This is a woman." It was a lady that told me, "This is a woman's book. You should, <laughs> you, you should redo this book and have the character be a woman." Like we go through all of this, and it's not just for women. Of Men do so. it too. Yeah. And boys do it too, even though the main character is a girl. Uh, bef- I had a lot of time before, from the point that I wrote the story until it got published. Um, it took us about three, four years mm-hmm. once I got Jack on board. So I spent time going into schools, reading the story, and then getting the kids to do surveys. I wanted to know who it resonated more oh, with. Oh, interesting. Okay. 
and and I thought it was just for girls because mm-hmm. I mean that's how I was thinking about my girls. Yeah, of course. But the comments that boys wrote, I mean, I was so surprised. They were saying things like, "I do this to myself after a hockey game. I'm oh. hard on myself. I didn't I didn't score that shot. I didn't do this. I didn't uh, do my best at practice. I didn't ask that girl out. I mean, even young in grade six, <laughs> seven, cute. they're thinking about that. <laughs> that's adorable. You know, so we all go through it. It's, sure, it's all these. All these thoughts. We all have thoughts. So, of course, it affects all of us. Yes, it certainly does. And is there a way, um, and maybe that's, a, maybe that's what people mean as far as the second part of the book, but in the discussion part of it, is there a, I don't like a workbook, but are there, I guess, exercises. questions? Yeah, exercises yeah. afterwards. Oh, good. Definitely. Okay. That's where the genius of Jack Canfield came into it. <laughs> I can see that happening, yeah. <laughs> Truly. So he has, we've we've added different exercises, and uh-huh. these came from Jack. The, the main exercise is called a mirror exercise. Uh-huh that he teaches at his seminars. So I remember that. And that's what I got my daughter to do that, that night Mm. when she was bullying herself. But the mirror exercise is four simple steps. First, you, what we want to do with the mirror exercise is to change our negative Uh self-talk. And we do it a lot of times in front of a mirror and change it to things that are great about ourselves. So appreciating ourselves. So it's four simple steps. You stand in front of a mirror, you say your name. So you're calling your consciousness forward. Mm -hmm. So you're paying attention. Number two is you appreciate yourself. So things that you did that day, you list your accomplishments, successes, some risks you took or disciplines you kept. And then lastly, you finish by saying, I love you. Mm. And that's a hard part. So I would say things like, okay, Miriam, I am proud of you for getting up this morning when the when your alarm went and you didn't hit the snooze button five times, right? I'm proud of you for eating a healthy breakfast for kids, for um, practicing their piano without being asked for not fighting with their siblings that morning. So all these things, or even risks you took, I'm proud of you for talking to that girl when you're, we're afraid to mm. right? all these things. And then at the end, we're saying, I love you to yourself. That's yeah. Beautiful. And the, yeah, it's, it's, that part I would say is the hardest because we don't say that. I mean, mm-hmm. who says that to themselves? Yeah. But truly, we have to love ourselves first before we can love and be kind to other people. Which is so interesting because we would never, I mean, the majority of us would never go up to someone and be like, oh, you're so dumb, you're so ugly, you're so stupid. But just like that internal bully that of what your book is about, of course, we unfortunately do that to ourselves. But right. just as we would comfort other people, we often forget that the, it's so important to comfort ourselves. In fact, I was just Definitely. talking to someone about that today in the sense of when you can come from a place of self-care or healthy self-care or just um, healthy self-validation, it really connects your subconscious and your conscious self together. And then you become, become more unified and more solid to be like, I can accomplish anything I want today. For sure. I mean, it's just switching that negative self-talk mm-hmm. into something good. And I love the way Jack does the exercise. He suggests that we do it for 40 nights every night, right? How long does it take to build a habit until it becomes a habit for mm-hmm. kids? even for adults. Like I said, this is an exercise that we do after each one of his trainings. And during the day, you know, you're going to become, you know, you're going to come face to face with yourself (laughs) at the end of the night. You're looking for the good in the day, right? You're you're thinking before I eat that cupcake today, I know, you know, you think about it twice because you know, you got to talk to yourself at the end of the day. 
and you hold yourself accountable. And that's where exactly. a lot of times you don't have internal boundaries. Like we can set boundaries with people all the time to sit, to uh, create a healthy environment for us. But if we don't set those internal boundaries, then we will find that we just sometimes do whatever we want. So those internal boundaries create accountability for ourselves because we know just like using this exercise at the end of the day, you have to look at yourself in, in the eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do find though, because I've done this exercise before. I, I didn't realize it was Jack's exercise, but I've you know, I've done s- similar things to this. So when you look in the mirror and you give yourself those self validations, or you look really attractive today, James, or or you're so smart, or I love you. Some I remember when I first started this, I would get I would blush, and I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm blushing. I'm talking to myself, and because I had never really practiced it before. So for those of you who do this exercise, you may find that you blush, and it's it's kind of to me, it's like you're your innocent self is connecting with your logical everyday right. self. And That's it's a, right. I think it's a beautiful connection because like I said, it, it does link together all the, the, the all, all nuances of who you are in that brief conversation. Absolutely. So I think um, I've seen a lot of uh, on YouTube videos of parents teaching their kids affirmation. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting in front of the mirror and they're affirming things. That's another great exercise. Yes. Very similar, but it's it's doing something different. It's telling exactly. you immediately the things that you are or what you want to be. So it's two different things, but they're both just as good. And that's another one of the exercises in the Big Bad Bully. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So what's next on your, on your radar? So next, well, a couple of things. I am... I, I love making a difference. I uh-huh. love writing books that empower children, but really I can only put out one a year, <laughs> right? So my next thing is I am mentoring aspiring children's authors that have empowering stories for kids. Cause I, oh, I really wow. want to see more and more of these books. We have another book of course, coming out next February with HCI, my publishing company, but I want to see even more. So that's, mm. that's what I'm focusing on this year. I have six men, six authors I'm mentoring currently, and then we'll be doing more in June. And that's what I wish I would have found at the beginning of my author journey. Sure. I wish I would have found p- people or somebody that would have taken me under their wing and <laughs> taught me the ins and outs. I think I would have avoided a lot of mistakes and a lot of money. Wow, that's wonderful. I'm so glad that you continue to give back. In fact, that was the thing you wanted to do originally with your big goal was to give back. And so now you're doing it in a slightly different format. Yes. It's yes. wonderful. Well, Miriam Launder, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and to purchase all your books, where do they find this information online? Yeah, they can go to my website, miriamlaundry.com. The books, The Big Bad Bully is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Chapters in Canada, all bookstores. And um, yeah, you can just Google the name and you'll find them. Wonderful. Well, my listeners also know that if they're not able to find your books any other place, just simply go to either store in the previous guest sections at either James Miller, Lifeology.com or Lifeology.tv, and it will connect them directly with Amazon. Miriam, thank you so much for being an awesome guest on my show today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, James. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.